isolated times where we all have some toxic behavior towards other people. But there's other moments to learn as we go through life to, to learn the difference between those two. Ultimately, a hostage taker is someone who is wanting control. They want to control you. Um, they want to control their world. And sometimes it's to avoid being confronted. Sometimes it's to put you or me on the defensive. Um, sometimes it is because they want to make you doubt yourself and what you're saying and your perceptions. Maybe they're trying to control things so that they can hide some aggressive intent in that relationship. Or maybe it's simply to, to avoid some responsibility, or maybe because they just don't want to have to change at all. I can tell you what it felt like for me being in a hostage relationship. I have been in one in my lifetime. You probably have as well. For me, it felt powerless because I was trying to do things to, to make things better, make things right. And I was doing all of the things, basically not all, but many of the things we talked about last week that just don't work. And that left me feeling hopeless and feeling like there was nothing I could really do. And so, not literally, but figuratively, my hands were, were tied in that relationship. And looking back at it now, I can see that I really did feel controlled and I felt manipulated, but I wanted that relationship because that relationship for me was normal. That was my normal, even though it was not healthy. And I knew it was my normal. I wanted my normal. And I was really kind of afraid, Cole, to lose that. Yeah. And so before, I kind of want to take a time out for just a second. Before we go really any further in this teaching series, we want to put a disclaimer out there, okay? If you, right now, if you in your life find yourself in a, uh, a position where you feel like you might be in some type of physical danger, okay, what we are telling you to do right now is in your life, get to a safe place. Don't go back until you have the help that, that you need from, from a highly trained counselor. So that's our disclaimer this morning. Before we go into any of the remainder of our teaching and begin talking about some tools to use to, to find our way out of some hostage relationships, what we want to say is if you're in a position where you feel like you may be in physical danger, stop, get out, and get on. We go forward. But we, and, and the reason we have to make that disclaimer is because we live in a broken world. Uh, we live in a broken world that's filled with broken relationships for all of us, really. It's, it's uh, broken, broken relationships for all of us, and we all want something out of life, don't we? We, we do. Harley wants something out of life. I want something out of life. Everyone in this room right now, we all want something out of life. And the hostage taker is no different. The hostage taker wants something out of life. The only difference is the hostage taker um, goes about things differently. They, they go about trying to get what they want in unhealthy ways. And so some examples maybe of some tools that a hostage taker might use to, to get what they want out of life might be intimidation, it might be threats, it might be irresponsibility, blame, uh, guilt, shame. Yeah, we're going to give you a big list of these. Here's another one. Lying, that's a big tool, um, a weapon. Playing the victim, that could be them. Gaslighting, that's a, 
a hot term right now, which simply means that they're just saying things like, that didn't happen, you imagined it, are you crazy? Um, how, how could you think this about me? It could be someone using the tool of over-neediness, you know, saying, I've got to have you, you've got to be there. Or they may just be saying, it's not my fault, it's not about me, this is it's about you. you, right? Yeah. yeah, some other things might be uh, silence, they may be uh, you silence, maybe criticism, uh, ghosting, right? That's kind of a newer term, but ghosting, just to, to completely cut off communication, no communication at all. Uh, the hostage taker may be passive aggressive. The hostage taker may be actively aggressive. The hostage taker could use uh, cutting words. They could simply just use disrespect. Here's another hot term, love bombing. Mm -hmm. So they wait to maybe when you think everything is over and you give up and then they just love bomb you. They just give you all of this, shower you with attention and affection and praises and presence and compliments and they just love bomb you. Or maybe there's a situation where there's over-dependence. They need you too much. Or they may be the other way, disconnection, and just they, they're just like, I don't need anybody, I don't need, or maybe anger, that's a big tool. They could be just slowly blasting away at your self-esteem. Or they may be withholding some things that you really need, some good things like uh, praise, kindness, emotional support, things like you that. You could be experiencing um, extreme mood swings from that person. Uh, they could use promises. They could use something that uh, is, is known as benching. Uh, benching is basically saying or doing just enough to keep that relationship stringing along so that they can get really what they want out of the relationship. They can kind of keep that relationship option open. Um, they may constantly be changing the subject when you're trying to have these conversations. Uh, they may just use simple name-calling. Uh, cruel jokes, maybe remarks that have a hidden message or hidden meaning. Yeah, sometimes the way they use their words, they're just trying to shift focus away from them and blame away from them and shift focus onto someone else. They'll do things like this. They're like, you know, I heard someone talking about you the other day. You know, they'll, they'll shift it to someone else. Uh, maybe they are really good at kind of faking remorse. Oh, I'm sorry about that. And they give you some empty words. Um, here's another one. They may try a smear campaign. They may try to get in the ear of all these other people around you just trying to control what other people think about you. Now, these are all, that's just a sample of tools that people can use to try to control you. And, and when they use those tools, we feel stuck and we feel trapped. And that means this simply that their tools yeah, are working. working. It's working. Yeah. That's right. So, again, I, get, I have another disclaimer just very quickly. What we talked about last week, and as we're going to continue on into this series today, we've been talking about recognizing what we've been doing uh, in these negotiations, these hostage negotiations, these tactics uh, that, that didn't work. And really what we talked about last week were things that didn't work. We gave you a list of 10 things that we often tried that just did not work. And today we're going to flip the script and we're going to talk about things that, that do work. We're going to talk about some areas and some hostage negotiation tactics that we can use that are successful. But before we do that, what we're asking you to do is if you find yourself in a hostage relationship, and many of us are, and maybe didn't even realize we were in one. That was, I think, I heard that from some people. I didn't even really think about it like in those terms. But if we find ourselves in a hostage relationship, what we're asking you to do is maybe uh, before putting into effect and applying the things that we talk about today, maybe go back 
and listen to last week's teaching. And it is not because we believe last week's teaching was great or awesome or anything like that. It's simply because um, we feel like that before we can add these good tools to our toolbox, we need to remember to clean out the old ones that didn't work. You know, we need to get rid of the old before we begin adding new. And um, because those old hostage negotiation tools that we've used, they need to we need to get rid of them, those 10 that we talked about last week. Now, the tools that we need to have in our toolbox, there's absolutely no way this morning we're going to be able to cover, cover all of them. There's just there's no way. Uh, but what we are going to be able to do, we hope, is we're going to be able to give you the first three tools that you can use in a hostage negotiating or in hostage negotiations if you find yourself in a hostage relationship. And then... In addition to that, we, we hope that we can show you where you can go to get the other tools that you need. Absolutely. So let's start with tool number one that we want to teach you about today with the, the negotiation tool. Cam's going to have it on the screen for us. Here it is. Tool number one is God. We are designed by God for relationship with God and also relationship, designed by God, relationships with other people. We must have, by God's design, healthy relationships for us to survive. So let me give you a relationship rule. This is just a rule. It's a law, relationship law. We can't control the other person's actions or their words. We just can't. We cannot control what they're going to do. And they can't control without our permission us. They can't control me without my permission. We are powerless to control them. We are powerless to change them, which leads us to a direct path to God. Because in that powerlessness, we can get exhausted and say, what am I going to do? And then that kind of leads us to lean in harder on God. You see, we care in most of these cases we care about that hostage taker and we want things to go in to go great for them and for us and for us together but that person is free to make a choice they get to choose their behavior toward us they get to choose their attitudes toward us they even get to choose whether or not they want to continue in a relationship or a friendship with us. Loving and caring for a difficult person can be agonizing. And guess what? God understands. He understands completely. Because God experiences that with us every day. God loves us and he wants a relationship with us. But guess what? He gives us the freedom to say no to him. So as we jump into scripture this morning, we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 38. And we're actually going to jump into the words of Jesus himself. And as we read these words, and they're, on the, they're going to be on the screen, as we read these words, I think the first thing that probably jumps out at you is, and again, we're reading between the lines a little bit, kind of trying to, to, to sense the emotion in the words, but it's the emotional uh, feeling that Jesus has as he is saying these things. It's almost a lamentation. Uh, in Matthew 23, 37 through 38, this is what Jesus says. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. 
How often I've wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look at your house. Look, your house is abandoned and desolate. So this is Jesus talking, and, and he's almost lamenting to his people, guys, I just want to take care of you. I, I just want you to be safe, protected, and, and, and satisfied. I just I want those things for you so very badly, and yet you just won't let me do it. And now look at the situation that you find yourself in. I mean, Jesus is, we can almost sense the emotion in the words. See, God desires a connection. He, he wants a connection with all of his creation, with all of us. But, and this is important, he doesn't violate free will. Here Jesus himself in, in this scripture is basically saying, I want to be connected to you, and yet you won't let me. You have the choice, and you're not allowing that. God is very aware of our hostage taker's tactics. He's very aware of that. Um, God knows our hostage taker. He knows him just as well as he knows Harley, just as well as he knows me, just as well as he knows all of us in this room. And he loves them just as much as he loves Harley, myself, and everyone in this room. Uh, he knows so much more about them and so much more about who they really are than we ever can or ever will. And that's why this, this first tool that we've given you is so important. Because putting God as your first tool in dealing with the hostage taker is so vital and necessary. I mean, if you think about it, my parents right now are, are, are kind of dealing with a, a roof situation. They've got a leaky roof. Uh, and they're going to have to get, yeah, it's, it's kind of getting pretty rough, actually. They're, uh, they're going to have to get some work done on their roof. And when they made the decision on who to call, they didn't call an electrician. They didn't call a plumber. They called a roofer because you call the expert. When you have a problem, you call an expert. If you have uh, an airplane that needs to be fixed, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to call someone who tinkers on airplanes. You know, just kind of. Uh, you know, somebody at Piddles, you know, you're not going to call that person. You're going to call an expert. At least I hope you do. At least I hope that the people that are working on the airplane we're going to be flying on at the end of February don't call a tinkerer anyway. <laughs> That's just me. You may disagree. I don't know. Uh, you think about it. If you, have, if you have surgery, think about this as it pertains to calling an expert. If you need to have surgery, let's think about if you needed to have a heart surgery, okay? You're going to call a surgeon, right? But you're just not going to call any surgeon, are you? You're going to call somebody that knows about the heart. You're not going to call an orthopedic surgeon to work on your heart. Or a dermatologist <laughs> to work on your heart. Nothing against dermatology. No, I, I love Dr. Pimple Popper. Right? <laughs> I remember my Dr. Pimple Popper people out there. I mean, that's a great show. My, Rachel loves Dr. Pimple oh, Popper. Oh, it's a real thing? Yeah. You've never seen Dr. <laughs> that, I, I couldn't take it. It's the Dr. Pimple Popper is, is, and then right after that, there's one about feet that oh, comes on. Oh. It's gross. I no longer it's am awful. hungry. It, oh, yes, you are. Don't know. <laughs> I know you're hungry. But anyway, you're not going to call Dr. Pimple Popper if you have a heart problem. You need heart surgery. You're going to call the expert, right? Literally, God has more experience in dealing with the hostage taker than any of us put together. He's the expert. God, literally, if we look at Scripture, God designed relationships. 
He designed them. Not just relationships between him and I, but his creation. He designed them. So why don't we go to the expert? Why don't we go to the designer when it comes to these hostage negotiation, negotiating tactics? He wants reconciliation so badly, he, he died so that it would be possible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, uh, Paul says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Yeah, he's all about it. And so God is for you, he's for me, he's for Cole, and he is even for those hostage takers. But that doesn't mean he agrees with them and what they're doing, but he's for them. Now, there are some relational laws that God has put into place. We talked about one just a moment ago, kind of a relational rule. Now, we're gonna, I want to give you a relational law. And we must allow God's relational laws to work. This one is called, you've heard it probably before in other contexts, the law of sowing and reaping. You can also call this the law of planting and harvesting. In Galatians 6, Paul gives us a clue about this. He says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. That is the law of the harvest. You will always harvest what you plant. The law of planting and harvesting. So for every action that I have, there is a consequence to that. Sometimes, based upon that action, the consequences are good. But sometimes, based upon that action, the consequences are bad. If, if I so, go ahead. If there's, one, if there's one group of people in the world, one church that understands the law of sowing and reaping, it should be in Stuttgart, Arkansas. It should right? be in Stuttgart. I mean, we get the sowing Absolutely. and reaping day. I mean, yes. that's, that's us. Because we see it we every year. We experience every day. Yeah. So, if we sow humility and love and responsibility, kindness, guess what we're going to reap? That's what we're going to reap. If we fail to sow love and responsibility and humility, then we should experience disconnection in our relationships. We should experience negative reactions from other people. We should experience loss. And our family, if we're going to be not, if we are not sowing the good stuff, our family and friends and even our coworkers. They should be confronting us about that. They should be telling us, hey, I'm staying away from you, Harley, until you show me that you care about other people. And our boss, man, they should be holding back those promotions and, and those advancements until we show our workplace that we care about other people. This law really does work if we allow it to. But when... Well-meaning, well-meaning, full-of-love rescuers, when they step in and they get in the way of this law functioning and they try to make the pain less for that, that person, that hostage taker, they try to make the pain less for them, the, the relationship, uh, that law of harvesting and planting, it's not going to work the way God has designed it to work if we rescue those people from the consequences. Now, when the hostage taker does begin to show the right things, they do begin to care more, they begin to show some self-control, some honesty, some kindness, then we, we should cautiously then begin to move toward them, albeit slowly, but we move toward them. 
Now, just like God will not try to control me, I cannot control my hostage taker. But I can allow God's relationship rules and laws to work. And as I allow those laws to work, like the, you're going to, whatever you plant, you're going to harvest. If I allow that to work, then as I need to, then there is going to be some pain involved for me, also for the hostage taker, but also for me. And I need to let that pain guide me to lean in harder onto God. You see, happiness in my life comes from me being deeply connected to God. It cannot come from my circumstances. Right, so that's kind of our first tool, and that's a big one. Uh, that, that's a big one this morning, is just that relationship with God and how God has really designed this whole thing. Uh, but another tool that we can use would be our lives, just who we are, our life. Our life can be a change agent for hostage takers. It can be. Um, we've, we have more power in these relationships and in these situations than what we realize. Uh, there, there's a lot of power simply in the way we live our life and the way we go about our day-to-day. -day. Um, the more that we grow as we follow Christ and as we are on that journey, the more we grow, the more we're going to change. It is, again, it's kind of that, that law of sowing and, sowing and reaping. The more we sow these good things, the more we're going to grow and the more we're going to change. And the more our life is going to be exposed to light. Now, the New Covenant is filled with this, I hate to use the word metaphor for something in the New Covenant, but it, it's fair, this metaphor of the light versus the darkness. It's filled with the light versus the darkness. And so that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on for the next few moments. And I hope I do it justice because I feel like I'll be a little clunky in this. But the more we grow, the more we change, the more our life is exposed to light and the more we actually become light. And the hostage taker, and this is not being judgmental, this is not us trying to be hateful, but this is just a truth. This is a truth of, of, of Scripture. The hostage taker is, is actually hiding in the darkness. And as our life is reflecting light, they're going to be forced to react to that. They have to. Uh, they can't stay neutral for very long because light and darkness, they're not compatible. And in fact, it's amazing to me how you can go into a very, very dark room and you can light, it's like a match, you know, and just light a match. And how that one little flicker of light can make such a difference. It can make such a difference. Now, of course, if you put, light that match in a, in a well-lit room, you're not going to notice it. But when you're in a place of darkness, just one match can make such a difference in that room, in that environment. They're going to react. They're not compatible, light and darkness. They'll have to step, the hostage taker, will have to step clearly in one direction or the other. Our hope, of course, is that the person who's uncomfortable with love and honesty and growth, our hope is that they're going to be drawn into the light that hopefully our life is reflecting, and they're going to begin that process of changing and growing themselves, and they're going to become a person of light themselves. Of course, sometimes that doesn't happen, and the person will sense 
uh, they'll begin to sense that they're unwilling to change, they're unwilling to grow, and they're going to move against the light. They're going to move away from the light. They're really going to kind of go deeper into that dark room that they find themselves in. John 1, chapter 5 says this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Light's always going to win. Again, like we were talking about, you go into a dark room and you can take the, 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 the smallest amount of light and it makes a huge difference because light is going to win over darkness every time. Hostage takers can pretend to change. In fact, they often do. They, they, they do a great job of pretending to change, but that won't last. It won't last very long. Eventually, they're going to have to make a move one direction or another. They're either going to have to move in the direction of that light that our life is reflecting, or they're going to find themselves moving further away from that uh, in, in, in that other direction. And I, in fact, our growing life, another good analogy for that, Harley, might be it's kind of like an oven. You know, as we grow and as we change, it's like an oven. And gradually, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you think about it when we preheat an oven, you know, it doesn't, doesn't preheat immediately. Sometimes when I'm wanting those brownies to be done really fast, I'm like, you know, I wish this thing would preheat a little quicker, but it doesn't preheat quickly. You know, it, it takes time, and our lives are the same way. Gradually, over time, the heat builds, and it grows, and, and as we, we move toward Christ, and we move toward being a better person, and that hostage taker experiences that, that heat and experiences that growth. And they have to make that decision and they have to decide whether they want to grow along with us. Or do they want to back further away from that oven, from that heat, where the growth is actually taking place? Okay, so that's um, tool number two. Let me jump into tool number three. Tool number three is basically reclaiming power over our own happiness. This is a big one, too. At some point, for many of us, we shifted the power over our happiness to that hostage taker. Uh, maybe we got to the point where we just feel like that if they don't change, then we are going to be with, left without something we need. We're going to be left without love, or we're going to be left frustrated, or we will be left powerless or we will be left unhappy. And see what's happened is we have given that person a vital key to a major part of my life. And as long as they don't cooperate, then I'm going to suffer significantly. And it's really the most natural thing that we seem to do to allow someone else control over my life and over my happiness. It's natural, but it's not God's best. It's not the best thing. Here's kind of how it works. Um, so we're in a relationship, and there's some hostage-taking tendencies, and we begin to give time, and we begin to give that, that person and the problem that they are creating, we give it time of ours. We give it resources and those are things that we can afford to give. We can afford to give it some time. We can afford to give it some resources. But eventually, we cross a line and we begin giving to that person and to those problems 
we begin giving them time that we can't afford. We've crossed a line. We begin giving them resources that we can't afford. We've crossed a line. And what's happened is we have become dependent, somewhat obsessed, and we're unable to separate ourselves from that person and from that problem and from that situation. And by this time, that is all we can think about. All we can think about is that person. And, and all we can talk about is that person and the craziness that's revolving around the hostage taker. And we really want and desire some good things from our hostage taker, don't we? I mean, I know I do. In my experience and Maybe mine's a little more limited than others, but I can speak from a perspective of looking at it maybe from the outside looking in in some situations. And typically speaking, in that hostage-taking relationship, the person that has been taken hostage really wants things from the hostage-taker. They want love from the hostage-taker. They want respect. They want tenderness responsibility, affirmation. It, it, it could, the list can be, of course, much longer. And we're not saying that necessarily there's anything wrong with wanting something from them. What we're saying is that it's not good to put our entire life and our happiness and our contentment on hold waiting for that hostage taker to finally, after you know, days, weeks, months, years, decades, to finally cooperate, to give us the things that we so desperately feel like we need. Love, respect, tenderness, responsibility, affirmation. We're left waiting for them so that our life will be better because, oh, if that person would just respect me the way that I want them to or just, just love me the way I want them to, my life would get better. And when they don't do that, the day's ruined. It's just everything goes down the tube. It's, just, it's bad. And when that happens, the question is, who's in charge of our happiness? When that happens, who is in charge of our happiness? It's, it's not me any longer. I no longer am, char am in charge of my happiness. Now the hostage taker has actually been given the power for my happiness. And We've made ourselves dependent upon them for happiness. See, dependency is an interesting thing. We could probably stop right here and unpack that for the remainder of, of, of this and many more uh, teachings. Dependence, dependency is a very interesting thing. We think of dependency, we typically think of substances, right? We think of alcohol, we think of drugs, we think of different things along those lines. But really, dependency on a relationship can be just as strong, if not stronger. Dependency creates fear of life apart from that person. Fear of going out and having to start new healthy relationships. The truth is, if we want to boil this whole thing down to the truth, the truth is, and, and, and I think most already probably know this, and, and deep down in our, in, our, kind of in our soul we know this to be true, but the truth is that our life, my life, is my life to live individually, and even more than that, more important than that. I'm going to be called to give an account individually for my life. My life, not, not yours, mine. I'm going to be called to give an account 
on what I have done and why I have done it and how I have done it, not the other person, not the hostage taker, me. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. This is the way Paul puts it. I think this is, this is pretty much it. It's my job to take care of me because one day I'll have to give an account to God for me. This is the way Paul puts it. Yes, each of us will give a personal me, one-on-one, personal account to God. You see, a, a critical change takes place as we grow up from childhood to adulthood. We move from a child who is dependent upon his parents and, and we move to an adult dependency on a support system, not a person. You see, as children, our parents guard us. They tell us what to do, right? And in some ways, they control us as we're growing. They try. They try to. <laughs> That's part of the goal. And, but then a support system for an adult is different. Yes, th- that is where, as a child, they, they get love. That's where we also we get love and we get truth. We also get examples of how to. But our support system does not make the decision for us. You see, in our relationships, we must stay on the adult side of a relationship where we are in control of those decisions, not the child side of the relationship where someone else is controlling that. We must take charge and keep charge of our journey our journey toward a good and a meaningful life. And we must not give that power to another person. Now, we must do two things in that process. One of those is we have to deal with that hostage taker. But we have to deal with them effectively. That's why you need to go listen to week number one. But we have to also deal with them redemptively. Okay, effectively and redemptively. Now, our next step that we're going to give you today is going to lead you in that direction because we have not had time to teach you how to do that. So we have a next step to help with that. Now, here's the second thing we need to do. We need to be able, as individuals, to keep moving toward a full and a good life, the one that God has planned for us, no matter how that other person the hostage taker, no matter how they are going to be responding or not responding to us. That freedom for us to continue to move forward regardless of their decision is a must. We have to reclaim for ourselves the power that we gave to the hostage taker. And we have to take that and reinvest some time into some safe relationships. Safe relationships where we can get some of those things we're looking for. Affirmation, empathy, structure, reality. And as we do that, as we begin to invest more time in some of those healthy places to get those things we need, as we invest more time into those safe relationships, there's going to be some relational space developed between me and the hostage taker. Some needed space 
some critical space that needs to take place between me and the hostage taker. It's going to be space for them to begin to see that they no longer have the power that I once gave them, the power over my happiness. And it is in that space that they begin to have the opportunity to start missing me. There's a, a guy who was born in Little Rock, um, and in six, 1969, he uh, produced one of his first songs, a country song, kind of a, a art folksy song. Uh, sounds more country today. But here's what he was saying. How in the world, how can you miss me when you won't go away? And here's what it sounded like when he sang it. How can I miss you when you won't go away? How, how can your hostage taker miss you when you won't go away, when you won't create some of that relational space. And so it is in that space as you begin investing more time, more energy into some other healthier relationships that that space begins to be created and they begin to experience the law of planting and harvest. They begin to experience in that space their own issues, their own emptiness. You see, God made us interdependent, but we must become independent of our hostage taker. We must not be dependent upon drinking water from a toxic well. Instead, we need to become dependent, interdependent upon water from other wells, healthier wells. Now, that's not being unloving. It's actually good for them. Because we are in the process of becoming a person who can more rightly, according to God's plan, deal with them and their issues lovingly. And in a, an adult way. Not out of fear. Not out of need. Not out of desperation. We are preparing to be the best possible redemptive agent in that hostage taker's life. Come join me over here, Stephanie. I, I've asked Stephanie to join us this morning and just from her experience to, be, to share a little bit of her story with us. She's going to climb up on that tall stool and um, she's going to share with us a little bit about her experience of growing up and um, and you have dealt with some of the things that we even talked about last week, some of those things that are ways that we have responded um, to these relationships. So I, I want to let you get us started. Tell us a little bit about you growing up. Okay. Good morning, everybody. My name is Stephanie. And as much as you, most of you know, I am from Stuttgart. But one of the things that I'm working on right now, um, I'm also in Celebrate Recovery. And what that is, it's not just about addictions with alcohol and drugs, like we were talking earlier. A lot of it is, uh, has to do with relationship issues. And with this hostage uh -huh. uh, series, I mean, this is the best thing right now. And for me, I grew up, I was actually born in California, but I grew up here in Stuttgart um, with a single parent, single mom. And I had a very good life, but it was a difficult life with her because she was, uh, how do you want to say, very uh, strong, uh, yeah. hard, independent woman. Uh -huh. 
and it just um, she could, but she could be very cruel at yes. times, and so it kind of set me up for having a low self-esteem, questioning who I was, um, what my purpose in life was. And, you know, I just kind of knew growing up that I was going to have to uh, make my own way to set myself up for success. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and you experienced, because of some of that, not quite knowing what you were going to get on that day, what was going to be coming at you, mm -hmm. it left you, those seeds got planted, um, leaving you feeling a little bit about, I'm not sure uh, maybe who I am or not sure. And you developed some habits of, of how to kind of take control of your life. I did. Um, a lot of the habits that I, you know, that I had, too, um, I want to say I really... In some ways, I got weaker, but in a lot of ways, too, I got stronger. I knew, you know, that I, that I was just going to have to um, get out on my own and, and honestly get away from Stuttgart. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and, just, and just live. Yeah, and, and just get away and, and try to make my own way in this world. But what I wasn't prepared for is the fact that in relationship-wise, I was an absolute and complete failure with, with regard to that. Um, most people don't know. Um, I've actually been married four times, okay. which is really just kind of mind-boggling. But uh, um, well, I, tell, tell us kind of how that how that began, because there's some reasons. Yes, it started. Yeah. It basically it started with the codependency side of things. Uh, as Cole was talking earlier, you know, we all are dependent upon someone in our lives. Uh, you know, someone that has helped us to grow and everything. And um, with the codependency. You, you just do that. You you seek out people that you need to fix. Well, I couldn't fix a parent, right? But I, I would try and fix out fix other people. And yeah, so I want to make sure you understand kind of, and that's a, a real easy way to understand what codependency is. A lot of us are. I have a lot of codependent characteristics mm -hmm. and traits, um, and that is where you kind of, for me to be okay, I have to make sure you're okay and I have to right. find a way to make that happen and I like the way you worded that I, I, I'm going to I'm going to kind of put my stuff on the back burner and I'm going to fix you and Correct. that's that's Correct. kind of some of those characteristics that you brought with you into that first marriage uh, most definitely yeah. most definitely and with that situation um, with that spouse it was the fact that he actually had a child um, uh -huh. that he did not have a relationship with. Well, my job was to go in and fix that and to build that, and I and I did, <laughs> and it was it was a good thing. And you know, no regrets there. But in the same turn, you you lose you lose a little bit of yourself each time you're in a relationship like that. Um, with the second relationship, it was. Um, alcoholism okay. and domestic violence uh -huh. and not and it was on it was on his end he had experienced that as a child and that's that's another thing you know when you broken people tend to look for broken people yeah, yeah. i don't i don't know any we don't other have way. to look far do we no we don't if we're, we're broken you we're know broken. exactly yeah. and you know i i felt really bad for him i didn't grow up in that type of home but i you know i thought well you know maybe i can help with that mm -hmm. And then you get into the codependency behaviors. You also get into enabling them. Oh, yeah, that's me they, too. They, they go hand in hand, and yeah. there's, there's a fine line. Yeah. And uh, with that, you know, just the alcoholism was, just, yeah. was way too much. And then 
you lo- again, you lose a part of yourself, and especially in that type of situation yeah. where there was, de- because that type of thing gets perpetrated on you. Yeah, right. So yeah, it, and and you continue to try to fix it. I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. And I know you can't. Don't, we don't have time to go into those details, but Mm-mm. that's that response coming mm-hmm. from deep inside that was just part of you. Right. I can fix this, and if I stay here long enough, I can fix it. And um, keep right. going. So you ha- you had some other experiences. Uh, yes, and again, another spouse. But um, again, thought I could f- fix that one as well. Um, he was um, incarcerated at the time. Yeah. And actually in a Christian program. And I thought, what? You know, great. You know, we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he's looking for God. I'm I'm there too. We're, you know, we can make this work. Right. And. I did not realize that um, with that came a, a massive drug problem. Right. And that's something that I had never, ever experienced in my life. And right. so I just, and wasn't something that I was going to continue. Yeah. So that was very, very short-lasting. Right. And you did try to fix it, though. Oh, you worked I did. hard I did. at <laughs> trying to fix, get I, it fixed. I and, did. You know, and that comes from those responses. Okay, so, mm-hmm. so you kind of had this... If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. did you begin the Celebrate Recovery journey as part of the, this could help fix this? Yes, for, for that individual. And so it wasn't yes. for you. No. But it, what you discovered was, <laughs> in that process, it was like, wait, I have some habits. They may not be drugs, but I've got some, some relational inside habits, some hurts, and some hang-ups mm-hmm. of my own. And you began to discover, you know what? I see something mm-hmm. here and s- that God needs to fix, Correct. begin to fix. And so tell us where you are today in the process. When I, when I initially walked into a Celebrate Recovery meeting, um, was, and it was November 27, uh, 2018, um, this individual had actually been out of uh, prison for 24 hours, and I took him to his first meeting. Yeah. Um, and that, that for me, is my anniversary date because that's when I did. I realized that, you know, I, I need something. I'm, this can help me. Yeah. I, I'm broken as well. Uh-huh. And um, after much trying to do the codependent thing and saying, oh, uh-huh. you need to come with me. Come on, we've yeah. got to do this. We talked about this. We're going to do this together. Well, one of us stayed and the other one didn't and you know I'm I'm very 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 proud of that I'm actually for me in Celebrate Recovery you take um, chips for things Mm -hmm. that you're working on in areas of your life for me it's codependency and I'm actually coming up on a year this month of actually um, I would say really in recovery with it I no longer struggle with it yeah and, and that's a blessing. Right. That, that's a very big blessing. Right. So. so when the day comes that you, and you're, you're able to use this in all of your friendships and yes. at work and everything. And yes. so we're in process. We're not just talking about marriage, not no. just talking about, in every relationship, you are in the process of being able to do exactly what kind of we talked about here. And that mm-hmm. is to separate yourself from being dependent upon that person's reactions, that person doing what you need them to do for you to be okay. Correct. And and you cultivate you cultivate the right kind of godly 
relationships and friendships yes. that we all need. And you are investing time there, and yes. you're investing your your emotional energy there. Correct. And um, and it is now more of as we talked about just a moment ago, an an adult support system rather than a parent-child relationship. Correct. Um, you know. They can't control us unless we allow them to. Exactly. And we cannot, they will not be controlled by us. No, not at all. They're not going to allow it. No. And so, um, and it makes us lean hard in onto God. Stephanie, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and (laughs) sharing. Um, And you're going to do that again in our next worship experience. I'm very grateful. She's going to slip off the stage as I ask you this. We're going to ask you to take three steps with us today. And the first step is this. It's the same one as last week. Would you please listen to this again? As Cole said, it's not because we think we have this nailed. Cole and I are learning this as you are learning this. This is being taught to us. We're doing our best to transmit this to you. Will you please listen to this again? And as you do, it'll be up on SoundCloud today. There will not be any Facebook Live. Our computer is... It is history. So it'll be up on SoundCloud, though, as soon as I can get it up there um, on Monday. And listen again. And as you do, here's the second step. Write down a plan with how you can begin using these first three tools that we talked about. Write down a plan. Say, here's what I can begin. It doesn't have to be the end result. Just begin a plan. Here's what I can do. Here's the third thing. And that's why I asked you at the beginning to to pull up uh, the digital worship guide. We're going to ask you, would you get and read or listen to the book Boundaries this week? I have three links, or three or four, I think three links uh, on the digital worship guide. If you move all the way down almost to the bottom, you can order that book from Amazon. I've got an audible version, which is one you can listen to on there. I've got a version you can purchase that is uh, a digital one. You can have it instantly, and you can read it from your Kindle app on your phone. And I've got a version, a paperback version, that you can get via snail mail, and you could have it before the end of the week and begin reading that book. Would you? And I I know many will not, but I I want you to know, the first three tools are going to get you started. It is going to require that fourth tool implementing the truths out of that book boundaries in order for you to begin really to to get freedom from a hostage situation in a relationship okay so please follow one of those links and at before we finish singing these songs that we're going to sing two songs before we do please make sure you hit submit on your digital connection card And then uh, with the paper versions, I'll be giving you directions on what to do with those. So this is where the tough work begins. This is where it happens. This is where it starts. And it is growth that we need. And it is that growth that is going to lead us towards freedom. And it's going to give us a deeper relationship with God. And it's going to give us a deeper relationship with other people. Now, we're going to move from being powerless from feeling weak and incomplete, we're going to move to a soul that is at rest because we're resting in our relationship with God and we're resting in a relationship with a few trusted other people. 
We can be at rest no matter how our hostage taker responds. Let's sing this song together as our prayer.